0: hello and welcome to the golfing mind i'm your host robin seager and um we are continuing the podcasts on the noble art of putting and today uh the title of this podcast is all in the head there's a wonderful quotation by bobby jones when he said uh, leading difficulty with the average player is that he totally misunderstands what is meant by concentration. He may think he is concentrating when he is merely worrying. <laughs> I don't know why that always makes me laugh, That it's true. You know, you're on the green and you're going, shh, shh, quiet, 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 I'm concentrating. And you're, you're not concentrating, you're, you're in a state of abject panic. You're thinking, oh God, I'm going to miss this putt. Anyway. anyhow my albert uh sorry my albert my father albert is what i meant to say my father uh was a family doctor in glasgow and impressively while working five and a half to six days a week as a father to six children he managed to play off for a quite a long period a handicap of scratch And for as long as I knew him until he died, he only ever had one putter. In fact, he used the same putter for most of his life, as far as I can tell. It was an upright putter with a very small face that was about half the height of the ball. It was very light and had a thin square leather grip I bet when he bought it, it was considered a modern putter. Today, I imagine it's an object of historical curiosity worthy of inclusion in a museum. Sadly, I don't have this putter. I don't know where it is. And it's uh, something I'd like to find it. I'm sure it's in a box somewhere. old oh, bag up in the loft, I must find it. His putting style was as individual as the putter. He hunched over the ball, hands very close to his chest, his head slightly turned to the left. He initiated the stroke with a very pronounced forward press and he used the same stroke on every putt. The only difference was the length of his backswing and follow through. I've never forgotten a story he told me when he was a young medical student. He attended a lecture about parasites Uh, the parasites that live in the human body. And the subject of this thing was body lice, or to give them their correct name, Pediculus Humanus Corporis. And in the interests of science, the lecturer had arranged for some samples to be exhibited under a microscope. He invited the students to look into the microscope and see the living uh, lice uh, in their um, glory. And so the medical students, when they were doctors, would would be able to identify them. And my father said he looked into the lens and he could see these tiny little monsters which live in the body and feed on blood and dead skin. And the little blighters lay their eggs and glue them onto your hair follicles. It's not a pretty sight. And he said the lecturer then slowly started to scratch himself as if some of the lice had escaped and attached themselves to him. And it was infectious before too long. Many of the students were starting to scratch themselves, not rapidly, but he says just short scratches, you know, under the arms and here and there, and they believed they'd been infested with a louse or two. The lecturer then stopped and announced there had been no chance that anyone had been infested. His scratching was simply to demonstrate the power of imagination or auto-suggestion. The lesson changed the way my father listened to and examined his patients and the way he played golf as well. My father's medical practice was in a blue-collar part of Glasgow. He saw hundreds of patients every month. There were many with uh, genuine illnesses in need of medical and surgical intervention, but he said there were far more patients for whom, in his words, it was all on their head. We underestimate the power of our thoughts and imagination. The influence our thinking will have on our game is much greater than we realize. If we stand over a putt and think we'll make it, we give ourselves the best opportunity to do so. If we're thinking we'll miss it, we probably will. Much of our success is due to belief in attitude. Ask yourself, what kind of putter do you believe you are? Are you a good putter or a poor putter? The golfer who is infected with the belief that he or she is a bad putter will begin to lose confidence and subsequently the touch and feel for the putting stroke. What we believe about our ability to putt will influence our future perceptions and expectations of our putting. Now that's very important, let me say that again. What we believe about our ability to putt will influence our future perceptions and expectations of our putting. Perception is what we observe and sense on the green. Do we see challenges and degrees of difficulty with possible disaster only a stroke away? Or do we expect to get the ball close or even sink it from anywhere? Do we see an opportunity to score? This is important because our perception will influence our expectation. Do we expect to miss it If so, the chances are we will. We must adopt a positive expectation about ourselves as putters. First, we need to stop telling people, including ourselves, that we are poor putters. Many golfers, and I've said this so often throughout the podcasts, many golfers have an unfortunate habit of doing this, which of course reinforces their perception This is especially true after a simple or short putt is missed. How often in that situation do we immediately hear the player tell themselves, oh, I'm such a bad putter, or comment with swear words, the exasperation. But the subconscious mind absorbs the message as information and fact, and it's your subconscious mind that's going to have an incredible influence. In the early days of computer programming, the programmers would talk about garbage in, garbage out. Charles, Charles Babbage, who was credited with inventing the first programs, remembered being asked, if you put the wrong figures into the machine, will the right answer come out? Well, the answer is obvious. In the same way, the self-image that our mind builds is based on external information it receives. If we are sticking negative thoughts and comments into our minds, it should come as no surprise when we start to believe them subconsciously. On the putting green, those beliefs will increase the likelihood of missed putts. I work with lots of golfers. Many of them are very critical of themselves, which naturally affects their confidence. One exercise I recommend is to ask them to find something positive to say, not only, about the good strokes they make, but also about the poor ones. If they roll at dead weight to the hole or sink a five footer confidently, I ask them to say something positive, such as that felt great, feeling positive or good, good stroke. We must obviously use words we're comfortable with. Think of how you react when you're playing with a friend and they make a great shot. You're pleased with them and you compliment them. Treat yourself exactly like you treat your friend and praise yourself. When you make a poor shot, a putt which is overhit or a line poorly read, look for the positives in that shot. Avoid analyzing the putt with negative language. Use phrases like, a good stroke, but double check the line next time, or that was fast, so uh, slow the stroke down a little. Using this kind of language stops negative thoughts. It is also useful technically when you come to the next putt. The putting green is an unforgiving place. There's nowhere to hide. Therefore, it is important we make it a place we like and not a place we fear. We've seen the putting surface is frustrating even for professionals. Out in the course, they can shape shots from a variety of stances, hit power drives over 300 yards, but in the putting green, they lose more strokes than anywhere else. Every putt has a positional, and if you're playing the game professionally, a monetary value. It's no wonder that it becomes the place of the greatest stress on the golf course. Any engineer will tell you that where you have the greatest stress, you run the risk of experiencing a breakdown. We need to avoid negative stress on the putting green. We need to think only in positive terms. When a pilot and a co-pilot prepare for a flight, they go through a detailed pre-flight safety check to make sure everything is done correctly and in sequence, thereby eliminating the chance of human error and finding any fault before it can become a problem. When we take a putt, it's worth doing a pre-shot mental check. Next week, I'll talk a great deal about the pre-shot mental check, the six rules of preparing to putt, I call it. But in the meantime, may I wish you all the best. And if you'd like more information, about uh, the work I do or doing the online Silent Mind Golf 13 week program, which is now available online, please go to www.seagergolf.com where all the information you can possibly imagine will be waiting for you. In the meantime, play great golf and have a wonderful week.